At YU Financial, we train agents to use insurance in a way that helps clients affordably create and protect assets or get out of debt while using every dollar more efficiently. For more information on becoming an agent or a client, check out the first episode of YU Short Stories featuring myself, CJ Francis Aranini, or check out our website at yufinancial.co. That's the letter Y, the letter U, financial.co, not .com. And now to this week's episode. Welcome to YU Short Stories, presented by YU Financial, with your host, C.J. Francis Aranini. Welcome to YU Short Stories. Uh, today, we've got Michelle Kwao, owner of Quality Kitchen. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. What I want to ask you first is, what do you do? Kind of explain what it is that you do, then also, why are you passionate about what you do? Okay, so I'm a self-taught chef. I do catering events. I do meal preps. I do personal private events and all of that. What made me get into it? I just woke up one day and I was like, I wasn't going back to my job and I was a server at the time. So I was kind of just floating in between what I wanted to do, whether it was go back to school or do scrum, which I actually have my CSM. I actually ended up doing that. But one day I cooked on Instagram and someone hit me up and was like, hey, could you make me some food for like the whole week? I'll give you like a hundred dollars. That was the birth of called the kitchen and I gave it to him. He tried the food and he sat me down on another occasion was like, hey, you do this, you'll do really well in it. And I was like, man, I feel like there are a lot of places that make good food. So why me? It just started off really small and then it just spread and I just got a lot of good feedback. People were telling me like, yo, this is like a really good. And I was like, Oh snap! <laughs> I really got something on my hands. Right, like, right. It was, it was kind of like that. So yeah, okay. that's how I call it to get you started. This show is about people that are passionate about what they do. So in your own words, how would you say that you're passionate about cooking? Because I know you know you work hard at it and you do a lot of things with it. But how would you describe your passion when it comes to food and cooking? I didn't even know I had a passion for cooking when I first started. I think it became my passion when I realized it was a gift that was given to me by God. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that, that's when the little things matter to me. What does this spice do that changes the whole dish? You know what I mean? It became an art. And then that's when I was like, okay, this is not hard for me. But other people be like, it's so hard to, and I'm like, it's like one plus one for me. And that's when I was like, oh, this is your gift. And once you realize something is your gift, you become passionate about it. You said a key word, you said art. I like that. You know, a lot of people, when it comes to passion, you know, they describe it as art because they really, really love everything about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. They love the good things. They love the bad things. Yeah. Right. So, you know, for you, when it comes to cooking, what would you say are some bad things, things that you might not enjoy all the way, but you still have to do, you have to love um, to really be good at it? I don't. There's it's nothing in the kitchen. If anything, it has to do with customers. It has nothing to do with the cooking part of it. That's easy to me, but it's just dealing with people that are difficult for no reason because they always end up coming back to order. So I'm like, so you was doing the most for nothing. Okay, cool. But working as a server, I'm able to handle those kind of people. Give us an example of, of difficult. What's a difficult customer? Oh, okay. So I started cooking for this spot, this hookah spot. And when I first started, I didn't really have the, I was an amateur. So I didn't have an insulated bag, you know, all those things that keep the food warm for long periods of time. So I remember like I gave this lady some food and it was lukewarm. It wasn't like hot. 
But she wanted it like off the stove. And I was looking at her like, I know you saw me walk in here from another location (laughs) to bring it in here. You know what I mean? So I was able to warm it up with the hookah spots, toaster oven. But like after that, she came back and ordered like three. And I was like. So she liked the food. Yeah. Like (laughs) bottom line, that's how it usually always ends up. But it's just if you think you're a chef. Every time you try someone's food, you're going to be really anal about every single thing. And then there's some chefs that are like, yo, this is good. I like chefs like that. That are just straightforward because everyone has their own style. That's why I say it's an art. You're not going to, you taste one person's jollof is going to taste this way, but it's both good, but it's an art. So So I don't know much about that industry, meaning, you know, restaurants and how they work. Is it a competitive industry? Like, do you find yourself having like rivals or people that are doing the same thing you're doing? Yes, I definitely had that in the beginning stages, but um, where are they now? Okay. So when you say rivals, give us an example of that too. Because when we talk about passion, especially if you want to take passion to the next level and get paid for it, Mm -hmm. you have to understand that there's going to be people that are passionate passionate too. Right. Right. So, you know, give us an example of a rival or someone else that's doing the same thing that you're doing and how you were able to, you know, stay consistent with it. Because it is a passion for me, people go into this business for the money because it's a money making business as well. You know, it's funny because you would have friends or people that you consider quote unquote friends and they'll see you doing something and it's successful for you, but they want to veer in that same lane. So that's, I wouldn't say a rival. I would just, because I don't compete. So it's almost like, competing with yourself but I see you're competing with me but I'm not gonna like give you the satisfaction to think because I'm not doing it for you I'm just doing it because this was what was put in my path so that's what I'm doing it for so once they realize that they kind of just fall off the work ethic isn't there it's just not there because they're not passionate about it so it's like just find something that works for you so you can do it happily and make money from it but in Atlanta so it's fast money and then you know failures because that's another thing that comes from being passionate about something is being hurt or, you know, really working hard for something and maybe it doesn't go the way you think it would go. Um, so on your way up with Quality Kitchen and maybe even before that, have you had any failures when it comes to cooking? Anything that was a setback made you consider, am I really passionate about it? The only setback as a chef that you can have that will like kind of just dampen the light on it is your inventory going bad. Something happening to your inventory. Like you're trying to have it like imported from Africa, let's say, and the bag goes missing for a day or two. Like everything in that bag is perished. Like it's gone. So then I'm losing an X amount of investment. That's where it hurts. Cause I'm like, man, like I know how much I can make off of that. But it's like because of a small mishap at the airport or like something minor, like I need to go buy a goat. And the guy's like, I don't have any more goats. So now I have to buy it smaller, but it wouldn't make me not want to do it. Cause everything's going to have their obstacles. And I'd rather deal with that, but I would like the best solution. And if I can't get that, then it's like, ouch, right, right. but I still can fix the problem. And then right now, cause you know, you don't just cook, you have a business, mm-hmm. right? Quality kitchen. What is your business plan as we sit here today? Like, how do you get yourself into, I know you said you're in a hookah spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you make money? What do you, how are you able to monetize cooking? You know, what do you do right now? Okay. At first I was just going to the store every day, but now I have to bulk buy. You have to write down everything. You have to, I've done it so many times that I can look at something and see how much it's going to cost me, where I'm going to lose like okay, I'm going to roughly make this much. So you have to do everything by numbers. That's the only way you're able to monetize anything when it comes to business. And even with food, like weighing things out, ounces, everything matters. It's a lot more intricate than people think because it's like you have to add everything up or else you lose your money. You have to add the gas you drove up the street to go. You have to add the gas that you actually put in. And it's like, that's an all-inclusive bill that goes to your house. So now you have to divide, like, look at how much time it was on. How many hours did you work? You have to work it like any major 
major corporation would do it is just for you. You have more control of the information you gather. And it's up to you if you just do your numbers and then you look at your numbers and it does not add up. It's all on you right. because you were missing receipts. So you probably wasn't calculating this or you weren't doing that. So it's, it's very hard on me, but... Once you create a structure, you're okay. Things go well. Give us a typical week, like an example of what you do, how many hours you spend, maybe how you plan, whatever. Just give us, like, run through your typical schedule just really quickly so someone can hear that. Okay, so usually Mondays and Tuesdays are, like, my off days, quote-unquote, but you don't really have off days. So those would be the days where I'll go re-up on um, inventory and buy things that I need for the upcoming week because I know the weekends about Wednesday to Saturday, those are like the hot days. So as long as I prep and buy everything that I need Monday and Tuesday, and I can take orders before I start my cooking. So Monday and Tuesday is like the chill day, quote unquote, but I'm not chilling. I'm doing stuff for Quality Kitchen, but I'm not cooking. Then the days of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, those days are when I'm cooking. That's like, I wake up, I start cooking at 12. I don't necessarily actually turn on the stove at 12, but I get up and start prepping because I have to be done by eight. So if I don't start at 12, I already know my day is all shifted. Yeah, like everything's gone. Like I'm going to be late. And that's just paying attention to the pattern of cooking for so long because it's been about two and a half years, almost three. I remember when I used to wake up and go to the store at 3 p.m. and I had to be done at nine. Now I buy my stuff two days in advance and I wake up at 12 to start cooking and I'm done by seven. You know what I mean? Like I just had to understand And my mom and grandma and everybody in my house when I was living at home, they were like, you need to start earlier. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, uh, I got it. But then structure is the only thing that makes Quality Kitchen run or anybody's business, especially like an entrepreneur that's one person business. If you don't have any structure, you will just be overworking. You will not see any fruits of your labor. You just... Be like, what's happening? You know, you kind of walked us through how you didn't have structure before mm-hmm. and you've advanced now and now you have structure. Take a look into the future. What would you say your plans are? How do you think your structure will change, let's say, three, four, five years from now? What do you want Quality Kitchen to be in three, four, five years? Three, four, five years, I want it to be a fine dining restaurant. At that point, God willing, I'm not going to be cooking. I'm not going to be in the back. I'm more so going to be a part of management. Like, I'm that owner that pops up when you don't know. But I'll be there. (laughs) I got cameras watching. I know everything here. Because I've worked from the bottom to the top in the restaurant industry. So three to five years, God willing, I want to have like two or three locations already. Like one in Texas, one in LA, one in New York, like spread out. I want to really merge African cuisine and Western cuisine together and make a place where you can look and see like... Africans are here, Caucasians are here, Puerto Ricans are here. That's because the menu is so diverse, but it all ties back to like West African cuisine. That's interesting. Why, why? Why do you want to do that? What? Because I'm Ghanaian. I got to represent to the day I die. Like, that's just who I am. It's right. in my blood. Right. It's just, I'm not going to just X out that whole part. It's who I am. When I was raised, I ate jollof rice. You know, we want a McDonald's, but we had jollof at home. So it was like, it just became a part of who I am. So I would just like to spread that to the world, you know? Then kind of last question, um, what advice would you give to anybody that wants to become a chef? Wants to, and not just I mean, everybody cooks or hopefully everybody cooks, but wants to do it the way you're doing it, which is monetizing it and then also having a structure um, and plans for actually, you know, making that a bigger thing in the future. What advice would you give to people when they're coming up, when they're first starting as to how to do it? I would say try it out. Test the waters. You might love to cook, but do you like to cook for 20, 30 people? Do you like to have that pressure? of Because that pressure, it's pressure on me 
me, but I like it because I know I can deliver. So it's different for me. I interpret it differently. If you have anxiety, just test the waters. Start off with like a little small menu, like three to four things that you like know how to do very well. Send some DMs out to some friends like, yo, I got some plates coming up this week. And just start very small, like five to 10 people. Then see how the volume is and then you can increase and then see if this is something for you. Keep moving. I would tell you, don't stop moving because if you stop, then you lose the momentum and then you have to rebuild it. So just you have to continue going forward. You just said something that's real. I think um, with passion too, uh, sometimes you don't know what you're passionate about and you have to try things and do it. And then Mm -hmm. eventually you find Mm-hmm. out, okay, I really love this. Not everybody's born with, you know, some kind of great passion or great idea. So I think that's important right. what you said. Really quick, what's your staple dish? What's the best thing? If I said oh, for your life, cook the best meal you can make, what are you going to make? Mm, I can do really good jollof. I can make a really Explain good jollof. Explain what jollof is for someone. So jollof is. is pretty much um, a rice cooked in a tomato stew. And the tomato stew, depend like, is that's the staple part of the dish. If you don't get the tomato stew right and the rice right. <laughs> the rice. Which is jasmine rice. <clears throat> you know, I'm talking to my, you know. But it's jasmine rice. But if you get your stew right and your rice right. But it's easy once you've mastered it. But it took me a while to master jollof. But now I can do it like with a snap. And when I do it, people be like, yo, what did you? I'd be like, I'm, you know, just a little razzle dazzle here and there. Right. I mean, but I, also my wings are like. Everyone talks about my wings, the quality wings. They're like A1. I mean. I can attest. They're, they're, hey, I can, yeah. you already know. So, <laughs> yeah. That's, I would say like if it was like, oh, make a dish that anyone can try. I'd probably do like jollof, some wings, and some plantain. Just a nice starter, you know? Anyone can try that. You know, right. it's not like okra soup and obono. Like, right. Okay, that's too much. But it's like something friendly, you know, easy on the tongue for everyone. So, yeah. Right. Perfect, perfect. All right. So, you know, what we always do, we're going to give you 30 seconds. Go ahead and plug whatever it is you want to plug. The floor is yours. Send the people where you want to send them. Go ahead. So, you guys can follow me at Quality Kitchen, which is K-W-A-W-L-I-T-Y. K-I-T-C-H-E-N. And my personal Instagram is the Michelle Quell. Um, yeah, so I hope to hear from y'all. So that's another episode of Why You Short Stories. Thank you to Michelle Quell uh, for you. being on the show today. For me. Owner of Quality Kitchen. Like she said, go ahead and follow her on all her socials. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, bye. I forgot to say this during the episode, but don't forget to subscribe, rate, review us. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you next week. I really mean it this time.